Welcome to Mudflap and Palmer Were Forced to Do a Podcast, a weekly bonus bit of the Mudflap and Palmer Show, starring Mudflap and Palmer. Reach out to us on Facebook or email mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Now, against their will and most people's wishes, here are Mudflap and Palmer. Well, hey guys, and welcome to episode number 12 of Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast. I am Palmer. And I am Mudflap. Together we are Mudflap and Palmer. Thank you to those folks that have downloaded and played our podcast for the last 11 weeks. We appreciate you. And uh, share it with a friend. If you find it entertaining, share it with a family member. Spread the word. It's free entertainment, or at least we like to consider it entertainment. entertainment. <laughs> oh, but it is free either way. I, you may, perhaps we should use those, those Dr. Evil quotes, entertainment. Because <laughs> I don't know if it really, really is. Sure. Well, I'm entertained. A <laughs> couple things on this Memorial Day weekend that we want to touch on real quick. Uh, but uh, we'll close with uh, a quick thing. We have a top five coming your way a little bit later on. But I want to start with this because it caught my eye. We didn't talk about it on the show, but it caught my eye today. And there is a story. Then there is a kind of footnote to the story. And I want your opinion on Okay. In Italy, Giuseppe Diana, his name, Giuseppe Diana, he's 19 years old. He took to social media to announce his engagement to his girlfriend. Uh, they don't give her name here that I see, but she is 76 years old. He is 19. You do the math, that's 57 years difference. He posted pictures. He posted a picture of the ring. So it's not a prank. It's a real thing. Well, let's revisit that in a second. Okay. Because it's funny you should bring that up. But on social media, that always has to be kind of the first question you ask. That was my first thought. Right. And we're going to come back to that. But he put it out there. It's gone viral. The video has clocked more than 20 million views of him getting down on his knee and proposing to his girlfriend. Again, he is 19 she is 76 years old. Now, before we get back to the story, let's take it and make it a little more personal. We've had this conversation before. I do not remember what your answer was. Both of us are married. Yes. But both of us have been single. Mm-hmm. And what was your guideline when it came to age difference? Well, it's changed kind of as, you know, I grew up, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, when I was in my 20s, um, say I was 25. The earliest I would date was 21, mm-hmm. maybe 20, uh, nothing further, and then, and then 10 years older than that. Um, but as I kind of get into my 30s, um, it changes to where there's a 10-year rule, you mm-hmm. know, where it's, you know, I'll date somebody in the 40s or in their 20s. And it, and it was kind of the standard, so to speak. You know, as long as there was that 10-year... You were, you were, you were fairly consistent, I think. I don't yes. think that's that, that varies widely. I did not really have... Uh, a hard and fast rule, but I'll give you examples. Uh, when I was 23 or 24, I was out of, I was just, I just gotten into radio. Mm-hmm. I was out of the military. I dated a woman who was 45. She was 21 years older than me. I met her at a. So uh, you're this guy. Well, not really, because think about this. And it's interesting because now we're at, at a viewpoint where you look at 45, you go, Oh, that's quite a bit younger than we are. You know, it's for you, it's, you know, six years. For me, it's, you know, how much more? How much more? 10. Uh, yeah. So 45 doesn't look that odd to us now. 
in retrospect, but uh, back in the day, and she was that was very, old. Yeah, she was a very attractive woman. I did not think she was that old. She didn't look that old. She didn't act that old. She, to me, looked. If I had guessed, I would say she was in her early to mid thirties, and I was again in my early to mid twenties. Uh, we dated for a couple months, and then I broke it off, and uh, not for the age thing. Although one day her eighteen year old son came home unexpectedly. Did you say, "Hey, I'm your new daddy"? I did not. You should have. I that, really that'd be a great way to introduce yourself. That's not anything I wanted to say, think about, or even dream about. <laughs> no, sir. That not. No, 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 no. Although once he did show up at the door, that thought occurred to me as in what if, and then I went. That's the beginning of the end. I am literally five years older than this kid. I'm not going to be a stepdad. You have more relatable to him than you do with her. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other problem. Yeah. <laughs> but it, It's like when I do that, it's like when I talk to my kids and they're all in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm 51. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, if I just, if something happened and I was single today, there is absolutely zero chance I could date anybody in their 20s and maybe even younger 30s. Right. Because when I hear them talk, it makes my head hurt. Exactly. So... I'm going to give you a couple other instances. Uh, when I was 25, I dated a girl who was 18. Um, and I knew, I didn't see a big diff- or big problem with that, but... At that age, it's huge. Right. Well, yeah, but not to me it wasn't, and I didn't feel like... The problem was when one day I asked her if she wanted to go out somewhere, and she said, I have to stay home and do my homework. And then also her dad grounded her. Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of a problem. That was an indicator. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I that that ended shortly thereafter. Um, that's a massive age gap at eighteen to twenty five. It it is um, maturity wise and everything else. It is. She was very mature, uh, and I probably wasn't as mature as I should have been. Uh, but seven years at that age, you're you're absolutely right. And I kind of feel like even all these years later, I should go, I should go apologize to her dad. You know, to be perfectly honest with Just you. Just let it go, man. Uh, yeah. Let it go. Uh, I can't. It's so terrible. (laughs) So that being said, let's go back to this. It's viral, and, of course, social media weighed in. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bet they did. 19-year-old kid, 76-year-old woman. Some person actually said, so how many billions does grandma have in the account? That was my first question. Okay. But here's the other thing, and somebody raised this question, and this goes back to the first thing that you said, which is, is it a prank? And people are surmising that that's really not his fiancée slash girlfriend, but his own grandmother, because in the pictures, you never see them kissing more than on the cheek. Okay, it's very... Please try not to knock her dentures out. (laughs) It's very chaste, if you will. (laughs) Now, if the kid says, look, I want to be viral on the internet. Hey, grandma, you want to help me? Here's how what we can do. I think most grandmothers would probably go, yeah, I'm game for that. Okay. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know if my grandmothers ever would have been. But uh, I think most my grandmother would have. Yeah, most There's grandmothers no would have. been. So there is that possibility that somebody. Although my other fact. grandmother probably would have married the 19 year old because she was absolutely <laughs> insane. So it, there's no set. I've heard people use formulas when it comes to a dating gap, a dating age gap. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have a formula per se. It's more of a feel out the situation thing. Correct. Wouldn't you say for me? Yes. Oh, no, I, it's the hard and steady. It's 10 years older or younger. If, if I had to start dating at 51, it would be, yeah, that gap. Because that's where I'm comfortable in. And this way, at least, I know I have probably something in common mm-hmm. with you. 
Um, you know, if you come up and walk and walk up to me and go, Hey, did you hear the new post Malone song or, or something like that? I have no idea what you're talking about because mm-hmm. I don't listen to that or, you know, have anything relatable to millennials or Gen Zers. So the thought that age is just a number, quote unquote, which you hear a lot of people toss around when age becomes a question, the age is just a number. So for you, age is the number. It is the important thing. You have a cutoff. You just don't even want to risk. Yeah, I just feel weird about it, especially if it's younger. Mm-hmm. Like if I was, you know, dating now and it was and I'm 51, I'm dating a 25 year old. Well, here's the problem. Yeah, we've had kids that age. Yeah, pat on the back for me, but also I have kids that age, and there is no future in that for me. I, yeah. I just don't see it. And, it's and it when you get older, you actually, unless you're just straight up being a dog, you, there should be like an end game. On know? top of that, if you're a considerate, and from a guy's point of view since both of us are guys, mm-hmm. if you're a considerate guy, which we like to think that we are, um, you have to wonder how much is she going to get out of this? Because as time passes, your ability to be able to hang with her in any way, shape, or form is going to diminish. Oh, quickly. Just because it's nature. You know, let's say, let's use our ages for an example, and let's say we dated somebody half our age. 25 or 27 or whatever, and we're in our early to mid-50s. Yeah. So, again, she's going to be 35, and you're going to be in your early to mid-60s. And if it wasn't bad enough already that it's a big difference, that That's starts where it to gets get to be the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it really does. That that age gap turns into the Grand Canyon. And beyond that, there ain't no bouncing back. I mean, it's it, fun for the 60-year-old right. while, while you can do it. And the bad part, that's when you start looking like uh, you're dating Anna Nicole Smith. You're in the wheelchair. I, old, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> you better have something, the money or whatever, because you're not going to be able to contribute to that relationship like somebody her own age would be. Yeah. You, you just can't. And you have to think about that. Say, I know, even if, you're, even if she was all into it, you go, I know you're into me. I think you're amazing, but that ship has sailed. And they're still wanting to do things that you've already done. Yes. And you have no interest in exactly. going back and doing. You know? And you're coming back. You're circling back around to the, you know, the where you are scenes. in life as opposed to where they are. In yeah, life. the club scene, the concerts, the constantly going out, hanging sure. out with friends. I don't want to do any of that, mm-hmm. and I'm in my young 50s. So one final question on this subject. Let's assume. Okay, again, we're assuming single. Yeah. Okay. Single. Ed Palmer, he's in his early to mid fifties. Mm-hmm. He meets somebody who is that age, which is automatically a no go. Right. But, but, let's say even without that hanging over your head of the relationship possibility, you learn enough about this person. She learns enough about you, and you find that surprisingly, she is in sync with you in all these things. She doesn't want to go clubbing. She doesn't want to do this or that. She likes the lifestyle you want to lead. The homebody lifestyle, the family lifestyle. She likes that, and you guys line up on that. Is age still an issue? Yeah, I, I just feel bad about it. See, I keep coming back to the what can you contribute as an older man. Yeah, you know, it's it's for me, it's not that. I just feel like you're young. Go find somebody close to your age and, and go knock it out the park. Whether he, we could be friends, sure, we can do whatever, but as far as any of that goes, no, absolutely so not. So let's flip the script since we have no uh, experience being the woman in this relationship. But let's say the woman is older. Mm-hmm. Like in this ta- story that we're talking about right here. What are the pitfalls of that? Because you always hear that women are 
as far as lifespan, they have more stamina and interest beyond the, what the men would be. As the men get older, they kind of we slow down, slow down. But women don't necessarily do that. As a matter of fact, their time scale may be they may go as the opposite many as, way. Right? They may be as many as ten years further down the line than you are. Meaning that they won't really start revving up until their thirties, maybe right. or whatever. So, is there an issue with, for example, this? If this were a true story, which they say it is, is there an is there an issue with that? I mean, I I have a hard time calling it for a woman because I'm not a woman. It depends on how you look at this. I and mean, you can look at it from a male or a female perspective at that age. If you're just looking for a good time, knock yourself out. It's a feather in your cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, go go tell your older friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's weird because most people don't think like I do. So it's hard for me to put myself in that situation. I just can't and see I can't any benefit. Face, right. I can't see the, the, the female perspective on that at all. No, I don't either. Um, so I'm not even going to speak to that. I just didn't know if you thought that perhaps there was an issue that may arise if the roles were reversed. No, I don't have a clue. Okay. Not a clue. Feel free to join us uh, in the conversation on social media, or certainly you can email us at mudflatandpalmer at gmail.com because I'm, you know, we always talk about this from a guy's perspective, but I am because of this story interested in the other side, the, the Uber Cougar, if you will, because you have the Cougars, which is like, let's say he's 19 and she's in her thirties or forties. And this takes that and puts it on steroids because she's 76. Because I think if we pull people around here, we have enough of an age group as far as like salespeople True. that are women. True. Um, you, you got them, you know, from their thirties on up. Mm-hmm. And I, I would be interested to see what their reaction to that would be. If we, if we actually have the, the, uh, testicular fortitude to go ask him age questions i'll ask we'll, we'll give you we'll give you the results next week i don't care if we're still alive <laughs> he ain't gonna do it i will all right top five we got a top five list and uh this comes from something that i actually saw on the internet which i thought was an interesting question as a matter of fact imdb.com their uh facebook account or their social media account posted this question and people chimed in and i thought oh that's interesting and they asked for the top three but we do top five Yes. We don't do politics. I think we should have like a no politics zone. But we do love to argue. Look at us. We're already fighting. Well, that's what we do. It's time for Mudflap and Palmer's Top 5. This Top 5 is, being that we are, and we age seems to be a consistent theme in this particular podcast, being that we are the age that we are, we are in our prime movie-going blockbuster, gotta-be-there-like-day-one age throughout the 80s. And we often refer to, and, and we still enjoy movies that we liked in the 80s now. Sure, I'll go back and watch them. Absolutely, even though it's been, you know, early 80s, 40-some-odd years. But we were kids, we were teenagers. You don't have to say it like that, man. I know. That's so long I told, ago. I told you, man. Believe me. Good you, Lord. If, if you're shying away from age stuff in this podcast today... <laughs> this is not that, for you. That ship has sailed, too. Yeah, it really has. Kind of limped on out of the damn harbor is what they, it did. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> but so today's top five is your top five action movies of the 80s. Anything that was released from January 1st, 1980 to December 31st, 1989. In that window, your top five action movies. And I know some of yours. because Well, uh, you did say before we opened the mics that you were going to kind of throw a little bit of a curveball into this. I am because, and here's my curveball. I'm not picking the obvious ones. Okay. I'm going to go with, some ones that you may have forgotten about. 
that were really good. Okay. And that's kind of my curveball. And I, I would yeah. say only two of mine are obvious. I but think the other three are It's easy are to go personal. Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and all that other stuff. Right. So I'm, and then I'm, you're, you've already touched on one of mine. <laughs> I just want to say. So I'm going. So let's, so let's hold on. Let's start with number five. You go first. Uh, Excalibur. Which, that was one of the very first movies. I think it came Sword out. Sword and sorcery type stuff. Yeah, and it was very action. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of battlefield stuff. It was very gory. Why my parents let me watch this movie, I have no idea. And that was early 80s, so you were young. Yeah, I was like 11. Yeah. And that thing used to be on like HBO or Showtime <laughs> nonstop. And me and my brother would watch this thing. And it was the longest movie ever. But it was, there was just so much gore and so much action um, I, I still love that movie to this day. You know, a movie—if I were going, it's not on my top five, but if I were going to go that route of sword and sorcery type stuff, a uh, Highlander, the first movie, which I loved. Yeah, I loved the. I saw that in theaters. I loved the cinematography and I loved the storyline. Although there are plot holes all over that thing. Oh yeah. If you just don't think too hard, it's a fun movie to watch. But my number five is one I don't know if you know or not. Uh, but it was. Big with me and my girlfriend at the time. I had a friend in the military, and he was huge on this, and I've always been a fan. And the reason I don't think you are too in tune with this is it's very music-oriented. Okay. I'm talking about the movie Streets of Fire. Oh, yeah. Do you know it? Yeah, I, I watched watched it. It is so okay. It is, I think, some of the earliest performances by Bill Paxton and Willem Dafoe in this movie. Uh, the acting is poor. Especially from the leads. In a lot of the 80s movies, we can just yeah. cover that. Yeah, Michael Perry played uh, he played the lead character, the badass, if you will, whatever. There was great music in this. The cinematography was fantastic. But his acting, he was just super weak. Just super weak. But because he had to be that strong, silent type, it kind of worked. And it was a fun movie. And didn't have to say much. It did not have yeah. to say much. Um, and it's, again, to this day, I watched it about six months ago and I still, as bad as I know that movie can be at times, it's still one of my favorite movies. Your number four. Uh, Above the Law. Which one is that? Steven Seagal, where he played Nico and it was Pam Greer's in this one as well. Okay. And he, he basically plays his partner, ends up getting killed and then this I'm gang not comes real after familiar. him. That was my first experience with, with Seagal. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as I saw it, I went... Oh my God! This is like the best thing ever. And he did another movie, um, and I forgot what the name of it was. Was it the, the one on the head. ship? Um, well, they're all kind of the same thing. <laughs> um, if you've seen one Steven Seagal movie, you've seen them all. But this was my first time I saw this, and I went, and I'll watch it to this day if it comes on. You know, I feel bad leaving this out, but you mentioning Steven Seagal made me think of Jean Claude Van Damme, and one of my favorite movies from back in that time, Bloodsport. No, it would have been the nine. Probably would have been the nineties. I don't know. It's the one called Sudden Death, where he. Oh he, yeah, yeah. And it takes place in the hockey arena. Yep. Uh, but I don't know if that actually fits the eighties. My number four. Again, a movie that I go back to every couple of years, and I love, is Escape from New York. Yeah. Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. That was so much better than Escape from L.A. Oh, Escape from L.A. was horrible. It was terrible. The yeah, CGI but, in that one was really rough. That, especially when they're surfing that big tidal wave. So bad. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> Escape from New York. You had Isaac Hayes as the the king of New York. You had Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell in the in the role he was born to play. And from what I hear, they actually wrote that specifically with him in mind. They huh. said, "This is a character we want Kurt Russell to play, and nobody else." And we're writing this for him. 
just a yep. great movie. I mean, again, everything about it was great. Schlocky, especially the plot CGI holes, plot holes everywhere. Oh, everywhere, everywhere. The CGI where his gliders coming into New York at the it's just terrible oh, CGI. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> that was very 1980s. That was very 1950s. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's something you would see on Mystery Science Theater. Yes, where you see a spaceship with a, with a string dangling. I'm, I'm waiting to hear a crow. <laughs> But yeah, I love that movie so much. And keep in mind, these favorite movies of ours, these favorite action movies, they're obviously not high quality movies. No, no Oscars coming their way. But I, they're I, so yeah. in the, of the heart. This, this is almost like my honorable mention list, but I just didn't want to go Indiana Jones, right. Lethal Weapon, right. Platoon. Okay, well, what's your number three? Hamburger Hill. And this one starred Dylan, uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, Matt Dillon? No. Um, Dylan Mc... McDermott? That's it. That's really? who it was. Yes, he's in it. And so is. Then it must have been his very early career. Yeah, and so is Don Cheadle. Really? He played one of the privates. Hamburger Hill. And this was a Vietnam movie. Yeah, I vaguely remember the name. And I, they all had three to... of your movies I've never seen, but I've heard the And name. they had to get up this hill. And it was just a schlog. You know, you had the Vietnamese on top of this hill, and it was just basically all out war the entire time. It was, it was, it, I think it came out after Platoon, if I'm not mistaken. But I love this movie as much as I like Platoon. Okay, since you talked about a military movie there, I have to add my love for Clint Eastwood and Heartbreak Ridge, although it's not on my list. Because uh, as a Marine, uh, there's a lot that goes on in this movie that is true to life. I okay. mean, as, having been in the Marine Corps myself, there's a lot there, much like in Full Metal Jacket, yep. that is very relatable to people that have been in the Marine Corps. And the funny thing about it is they can't make it a war movie because all they're doing is going to Grenada and securing a medical school. Yeah. But they make it like this big battle. It was a big thing. Yeah. yeah. So, But it was a great movie, and Clint Eastwood was fantastic as Gunny Highway in that. But my number three, surprisingly, this guy makes it into my list twice. Kurt Russell, Big Trouble in Little China. I do love that movie. I love that movie so much. It's, it's such a campy movie. Yes. But at the same time, there's so much to love about this. Yes. And Kurt Russell's so over the top in this. Between that and Escape from New York, I became such a Kurt Russell fan. And then when he got into the Tarantino movies, I just love him mm -hmm. as an actor. I mean, when he's on screen, he has my attention because it's always so much fun. Yep, I agree. Uh, and Big Trouble in Little China, if you've never seen it, it's everything. It is... Uh, Plenty of kung fu. Comedy. Yeah. Uh, Sci-fi. It's all mixed in together. And his role where he narrates is just over the top great so over the top over the top great that's my number three uh my number two is they live rowdy roddy piper yes i haven't seen that since it came out but i loved it it was great is where he found a special set of sunglasses mm -hmm. and he was going through and all of a sudden he discovers with this special set of sunglasses there are aliens among us mm -hmm. and they're like infiltering you know different corporations and breeding with other people and all this other stuff. And, it, and it's great. And I love that movie. Is that, tell me if you know, is that the genesis of the phrase, I'm here to chew gum and kick ass? Yes. That's that came where it from came that from. movie. That, yeah. Because they ended it. up using that as a key to the Duke Nukem video games and yep. the character. I'm here to chew gum and kick ass and I'm, I'm all, all out of gum. gum. Yeah. And that's where it came from was Roddy great Ronnie Piper. Line. Yeah. Great line. And, and I love that movie. Roddy Piper should have done more type, stu type stuff like that. I, I mean, wish he did. I wish he did, too. And unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but there you go. My number two and my number one are obvious because I couldn't really bypass Let me them. guess. Top Gun. No. No. Believe it or not, that's not in my list. I'm shocked. Number two is Rambo. First Blood. Yeah, you can't. 
that would have been in my top two as well. Mm-hmm. It, you cannot with Brian Dennehy as the as the, as the local cop who's just a jerk. He and, plays such a good bad guy. Yes, he really does. I like him in a lot of stuff. Uh, he is really an unsung character actor who was great in Tommy Boy as Chris Farley's dad. He was fantastic, but he was also in stuff like Rambo. Uh, he was in silverado which is one of my favorite westerns of all time as a bad guy um and of course it's rambo in your introduction to the character and they don't play it up as big and as blockbustery as they do in the later versions this is a straight ahead movie it's not it doesn't build on all that action 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 no you find out about this guy john rambo you find out why he is what he is it's a lot like the rocky movies where rocky one and two really set the tone and, and it started as yeah. a very earthy grounded right. movie and, and then became and this is what rambo right. is so if you've seen like the latest rambo is mm-hmm. nothing like the original right you know it, they really went off course yes but that as a gritty earthy story of a vietnam vet who was wronged uh was fantastic and you're right i didn't even realize that at the time but the rocky uh, series of movies followed the same path, which is everyone that came out, they had to do it bigger and better. They had to make yeah. it more blockbustery, more Hollywood, whatever. And it got away from that realism to the point where it was just a, a popcorn movie. Yeah, it was like the second one, Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Mm-hmm. It was like, that was believable. Sure. And but then, again, and it then did when, get away a little bit from the And then the when original. you get to number three, it, all the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Though. All right, so what's your number one? Um, this one is one I bet you've forgotten about as well. Running Scared. No, I love that movie. Yeah, I love it. Gregory oh Hines, God, that Billy Crystal. Had sequels. Yeah, I, I, how it didn't is beyond me. Because Gregory Hines, Billy Crystal, Jimmy Smits. Jimmy Smits is the bad guy. Was so yep. good in this. And well, I one of my favorites. And and I and you you may not have heard it, but around the house, uh, or I may have even done it around you. I don't know, but there's a Billy Crystal line in there that I use quite frequently, which is. Uh, if if I really want no part of something, I'll go. Oh no, gotta go. Final Jeopardy's on. Yes, when he was acting like the grandmother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, talking to the other oh, two detectives. Ipswich Clams. Yes, that's I one of my that favorites. Movie. And that is one that I'll never understand why they didn't go and make a sequel to because to me that was ripe for it. You know, and looking it up, I mean, and granted, it was back in 1986. Such it, a good movie, and it made. 39 million in the box office and back then that was pretty decent money yeah it was because they weren't paying stars eight trillion dollars to make a movie it was such a fun movie on every level when they're throwing the bags of cocaine off the uh, off the uh, staircase and jimmy smith is losing, losing his mind his mind in that mall or whatever it was yes oh my god and believe me i thought about putting that on my list yeah but i, I once i realized to... which way i was going oh, i was yeah. like that has to be my number that's one. such a great movie um my number one is the obvious. It's Die Hard. To me, the single greatest action movie ever, and it doesn't even have to be the 80s. So much to recommend for it. Yeah, that one. Bruce Willis at his absolute best. Yeah. You had the... Uh, that broke him out of Moonlighting. Yes, where he went from straight comedy guy to, to okay, this. he's an action guy. Yes, exactly. And I watched a, a documentary about the making of Die Hard, and they did not know, and the studios didn't want Bruce Willis. No. They wanted anybody else. But him. But him. And it started off as a novel from back in the 70s, and they wanted people like uh, Michael Douglas. I mean, these old... They wanted Frank Sinatra, believe it or not, in that role when they first started thinking about doing a movie. I can believe that. Yeah, but if you were talking about the early 70s. Yeah. When they first started thinking about it. 
But all, I mean, also think about it. You had uh, the the debut of, of Severus Snape. Yeah, come on. He was he was such a good bad guy. Oh, this this was he him. made the movie to me more than Bruce Willis did, to be quite honest. Yeah, he Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. He was absolutely the key to the whole movie, and it was also the key to his career, his entire career, because that was his first movie role. He had done plays and stuff like that. But Alan Rickman, the actor who played him and went on to play Severus Snape, and he also played in Love Actually, and he one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time, Galaxy Quest, he played in that. He was absolutely a phenomenal actor. And, and as and Carl Winslow was in it. He, that's was, right. he was the cop. And, and a lot of people, a lot of fan theories are that's where Family Matters exactly. came from. Exactly. Well, I yeah. mean, you can't that's not a big leap. And it's really not a big leap. When you think about it. But no, that was perfection nobody expected that movie they had all sorts of if you go back and watch the documentary which i think is on netflix um they talk about the production issues that shouldn't have been made a million times because so many things went wrong and Mm -hmm. it's got everything in that movie well i had a chance when he was in downtown charleston filming one of the diehard movies i think it was two or three um actually met him in a bar him and demi moore were mm -hmm. in a bar and they had the private little upstairs it was right off of uh Basically, the market, there was a bar there. He walked in. Me and a buddy were sitting there, and he wanted a drink, and he kind of split us in between. He goes, what you guys talking about? <laughs> and I turned and looked. In that Bruce Willis voice. <laughs> oh, very much so. And I'm not going to say what else he said. <laughs> um, but It's the podcast. Go ahead. No, I'm absolutely not saying. Oh. I, I feel uneasy saying that. <laughs> it was a very bar setting type of thing to say. Uh-huh. And I'm laughing out loud, and uh, we actually ended up buying his drinks. Oh, really? While he was there, and he, he thanked us, and he went back upstairs with Demi. So he owes you. He doesn't remember. Though. Probably I'm not. I'm sure he doesn't. No, not, especially not these days. No. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that to me, that is, uh, if you had to pick an action movie, this is not part of our top five now, but since I've gone out on this limb and said that I think that is the number one action movie of all time, that it has everything, that it actually helped create the genre as we know it today uh, in a lot of ways, even though there were action movies prior to that, what he did and what they did with that movie, I think, created a whole new subgenre, which exists to this day. Mm-hmm. If you were to pick a number one oh. action movie of all time. Of all time? Of all time. Oh, not that's, just, that's easy for me. And it's not one you'll ever come up with. Go ahead. It's The Raid. What the, is The Raid? The Raid 1 and 2. It was, it's a Chinese slash Japanese movie. And it, matter of fact, there's one out on Netflix right now. I was watching it last night. And it is nonstop balls to the wall um the second one that i'm watching right now is they have to go and invade this apartment complex and mm-hmm. it's a very much like new jack city okay this guy has taken over everybody who lives in this place basically works for them right or they owe the him and is this the one with the long hallway fight scene yes oh that's famous i've yes. seen that on youtube and he they end up going there under the premise of you know hey we're raiding this place well come to find out no one knows they're there outside of them being there right and and it all goes to hell and when i say goes to hell it is the most amazing it's very jackie chan Mm -hmm. um so that for me is number one and number two that's it i'm I'm gonna have to watch that i love those movies my son turned me on to those and i went the raid i don't really want to watch that and blah 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 and i sat down and watched it and i went holy hell i need that (laughs) I need more. <laughs> there needs to be a Raid 3. If there is anybody listening to the podcast looking for some kind of action movie that you're unfamiliar with, maybe the Raid is for you. Maybe you learned something today. And to be honest, if you want to go like Kung Fu type stuff, 
I hated the fact that it came out later, but I would have put Kill Bill Volume 1 on there, which I think is one of the greatest movie, action movies of all time. Yeah, it's a good Bar one. none. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's straight action from beginning to end, mm-hmm. and it's great action. So anyway, that is our extended look at action movies, specifically of the 80s. If we mention something that catches your interest, watch a good movie this weekend. And speaking of watching a good movie this weekend, for the first time in years, I think the last time I went to a movie theater... May have been for, it was one of two things. It was either either one of the funniest movies I ever saw or one of the worst movies I ever saw. Yeah. And both of them, I went with my friend Sam to go see it. One of them, and I don't know which one came out first, so it's either Movie 43, which is the worst movie I have ever seen of all time, and it's not even close. Yeah. And it had huge stars in it. Look it up. I'm not going to tell you anymore, but don't watch it because it, it, it's it is terrible. Literally, have you seen it? Uh, yeah. Literally the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Well, I watched about a half an hour of it. I've seen that, and I've seen uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, the first one, which I thought was hilarious. Oh. I thought it was hilarious. And those were the last two movies, I think, and they're about the same time, I think, that I saw in movie theaters. Or maybe the Star Trek one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. That may have been the last one. But I'm going back this weekend. I'm excited. I am excited because Top Gun Maverick is out this weekend. And I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. I really thought you were going to say it's because Bob's Burgers is coming out this weekend. Is it? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Now I got to choose. I know. I love Bob's Burgers. Yeah. I really do. That's one of those ones I don't like. I, I do. I, I like it a lot. I like but Family yeah. Guy and everything else, but that one I just couldn't get into. Heading back to the theaters this weekend could be more than once to go see, and I've heard nothing but amazing reviews for this movie. I mean, literally, I've been looking for negative reviews because I like to look for those. And you can't find So I don't get my expectations up. Yeah, this one. This one hits across the board. Yeah, everybody seems to love it. Everybody's seen. He got a five minute standing ovation at the Confill Festival. Um, Everybody seems to think this is so much better than the first one and better than anything else. And believe it or not, it's fully expected that this will be a $100 million weekend for him. And that's the first time that would have ever happened for a Tom Cruise movie, which is stunning. Right? How many blockbusters has he, has he had out? I mean, just, you know, Mission Impossible, A Few exactly. Good Men. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on with to, him. To think that he's never had a $100 million opening weekend. Now, it's keep surprising. in mind, it's something that's only come around the last seven or eight years. Yeah. Because that used to be a, a whole box office performance. It was a $100 million movie back in the 80s and 90s. It was a big deal. It was massive. But now, if you don't make that in the first weekend, you're not a blockbuster. Right. So, anyway. That movie's out this weekend, so it's, it's like they called Solo, you know, um, a, a basically a huge failure, and it made three hundred fifty million dollars in theaters. Exactly, and because I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, and and to the point where the the studio's upset about it. Oh, they're very like, upset. Really, they killed the second one. You just, which is so stupid. But anyway, I'm so looking forward to this. The trailers look amazing. I've been waiting since. 1986, yeah. since the original one, never expected uh, a sequel, uh, but totally looking forward to this. And again, Tom Cruise really doesn't age. Yeah, I'm going to wait because this weekend I'm just going to be watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right, because that comes out on the, uh, streaming as well on Disney+. Plus. It does. So the I know first two was, episodes are out. Okay, I was going to ask if it was the whole series. No, it, well, they originally were supposed to go uh, an episode at a time, right. and they the actual series was supposed to debut on Wednesday, mm-hmm. 
Um, but for whatever, which was happened to be the anniversary of Star Wars, the original one. Right. That got pushed back for whatever reason. So Disney Plus said, hey, we'll put out the first two episodes for you. Well, thank you so much for listening to episode number 12 of Mud, Flat, and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast. We were, by the way. And uh, episode 13 coming your way next Friday. This goes live on Friday, the 27th of May. Uh, you can reach out to us on social media. Please tell us what you think of the podcast. I know when we met people out and about. A lot, they are talking about a lot of people have talked about it and asked us about it. So and we appreciate it. We like talking about it. And we've gotten emails about it as well. You can email us at mudflatandpalmer. Have G- we? Yes. Oh, I'm not privy to that email no, address. No, you're not. Mudflatandpalmer at Gmail because I, I can't trust you talking to like the, the real people. Wow. Yeah. So you're, 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 you're a little ornery. I'm not ornery. <laughs> you're the worst one when do it comes you, to do emails. You, hold on. Do you want to revisit the whole self-checkout conversation again and how ornery you can be? What? I don't like having to stand in lines and talk to people. Ding, 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 ding. So there Especially you go. Especially when I'm trying to buy something. <laughs> Mudflap. Leave Palmer. me the hell alone. Mudflap. Take my money. That You should have that on a t-shirt. Take my Leave money. Leave me the hell alone. I don't want your card for the store. <laughs> I don't want a credit card. I don't want to round up to no. help anything. Yeah. I just want to get the hell out the door. That's all I want. It's not much. It's a humble life. Full disclosure, I have actually run into him at Harris Teeter once or twice, and we passed by, hey, what's up? And he don't want to even see me. No, I don't. He doesn't want to see me Monday through Friday. I what see makes enough you think he wants to see me already, so. Harris Teeter. I'm good. So anyway, mudflatandpowergmail.com is the email. You can reach out to us both on social media. We'd love to hear from you. And again, episode 13, Lucky 13, coming next Friday. Till then, have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Have a great time. Remember what Memorial Day weekend is all about. Remember what the real reason is. That's for those folks that have sacrificed everything for what we celebrate this weekend and all year long. So have a great Memorial Day, and we will see you. Bye, y'all. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out the Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast podcast. A new episode goes live every Friday. So check back then. If you need more of the guys, you can hear Mudflap and Palmer in the PD on 99.3 The Cat weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. and around the world via the Cat Country app. Have a great week.